Ready? Sometimes I forget to plug it in. Hello and welcome to Rhythm and Pixels. We're a video game music podcast. My name is Rob Nichols. And I'm really old. And every week we listen to great video game music from all consoles and all generations. And this is episode 31-9. Yeah, this just the fact that we're on 31-9, we're both old for now. <laughs> Hi, everybody. I, I swear, I genuinely picture the idea on occasion of the Mario game that has this many levels built into it. Because hmm. that was like the original concept for the numbering system. It was like, it's like a Mario game. And it was like, how many episodes are we going to be? Like, we'll have more than like 10 worlds, maybe 11. It ain't going to be that so much. It seems reasonable. Yeah, we'll, never get, we'll never get over 100. <laughs> it's like, brock. Well, <laughs> we topped Kid Chameleon. We topped Mario World. We topped, I don't even know what, now I'm wondering what platformer in existence has there, the most levels in it. Wasn't there like New Mario World or, or what's the one that was like you could play two player on the Wii or New Wii? Super Mario Brothers? Yeah, that had a ton of levels, yeah. Oh yeah, but nonetheless, I, I don't think, I think the most any may have had was like 132. So that's an interesting you know, trivia question that I might want to look into for later. Like what platformer has the most levels, most unique levels mm. built into it? Um, because... I feel like we've eclipsed them all. Like we've had more worlds and more, well, more levels. Not I see even more worlds. I can't think of a game that had thirty-one worlds. Well, I'll oh. tell you this: in the world of podcasting, we certainly don't have the most episodes. Oh no, that's legacy. We have a lot. No, we have and more. Than Mar- that. We do. Yeah, yeah. Well, Super Mercado Brothers. No, they have the most. They, they they've been around since the beginning of podcasts, which the Legacy Music Hour has been too. They, uh, but they took a hiatus, and now they only go once a month. Yeah, which yeah. makes sense. I mean, you get the longevity. Without the exp- without the expulsion of ideas, but thankfully we do episodes about things like things you like songs you listen to on the John. So <laughs> yeah. you we can go on forever. Yeah, they stop doing topics. They just do like music picks, and then that's just it. I think it's tough because like they they both they um uh, uh, Rob moved farther away into Oregon, and um so they they have to do everything remote, and um I miss them being together. But you know what they they work they work together really really well. That's all that really matters. Um, and uh, talking about other podcasts, um, you should check out the VG Embassy. This is where um, I want to be. I don't know why I said that. that this is like where you lyrics. were. <laughs> this is where I want to be. I don't know what that song is. Is that a DDR song? No, it's it's something. Though. They would have explained the connection, but now I'm lost. Yeah, my brain's kind of working it through. Anyway, check out the VG Embassy hosted by Ed Wilson. I was on his show for uh, this month's episode where we dive into the history of Dance Dance Revolution. We play, we listen to music. You totally missed a chance to say, we step, step into the world of DDR. Oh, I'm sure we made that joke during that show. <laughs> but no, we listen, we listen to music throughout the entirety of every major arcade release. So you went through Supernova and Double A or whatever it's called, Ace. I don't know what the hell they call. Yeah, there's there's like five of them before, like in between Supernova and that. There's Supernova Two, and then there's X, and there's X Two, there's X Three, and then there's New DDR, which is DDR like 2016. There was actually one called or New DDR. It's like New Math. Yeah, it was just it was just called DDR. You know how they did that, like. Like how, like Bionic Commando, but it's like Bionic Commando 2000, whatever. Like a rebranding for the modern age. Yeah, they just called it Dance Dance Revolution. But then every like junket and every like uh, um, advertisement said new DDR. Ugh. I tell you, it's like new Coke or Kodak film yeah, or other joke from The Simpsons. I'm just running I'll tell through you this, right All now. of those games, everything past Supernova until Ace came out. Like, I, I don't think I've ever seen, like if I ever saw one of those machines, it was really, really rare. And I don't think 
it's just because Konami just didn't really. Care. I don't think people were importing them. No, no one's importing them. And if he were seeing them somewhere, it was probably a bootleg, mm-hmm. because because Konami doesn't really care about the North American market. And that's the kind of conversation you're going to hear on the VG Embassy. <laughs> Konami doesn't care about you American people. Yeah, no, it's, let me stop. Yeah, they just yeah they weren't they weren't yeah. And there's a whole reason why why all the machines you play are are fakey you know, Korean bootleg machines. Well, I'll be blunt. I like popping music, so I'm allowed to say that they don't care about the U.S. <laughs> well, and I'll say it forever. Well, check it out. All the music um, we play on this show is music specifically for Dance Dance Revolution um, because there were a whole lot of music they licensed through the, the Dance Mania uh, album Dance series. Mania. And then there was music that went from like Beat Mania and popping music that crossed over. And so all the music we played is from... Specifically DDR, no crossover tracks. Yeah, no crossover, as far as I know. I mean, like, <laughs> that would be pretty fun. Like, well, actually, Robert. Well, you know what? In between Supernova and DDRA, I don't know. <laughs> like, I've never played those games. And, and DDRA, I've only played a, a number of times before I realized this isn't the game for me anymore. And I played Pump It Up. <laughs> Good call. You made the right decision. And we talk about a little bit of that, too. We talk about everything related to that. We talk about like, this, the, the, the North American splinter into In the Groove. It's really fascinating. It's really fun. There's a lot of good music. I talk a whole lot on that show. I um dun, dun, dun. I give Ed a break. That's <laughs> what, what I did. Yeah, yeah. Um, so this week is not a break. This week is uh, kind of a continuation of, of last week's episode. The uh, the four games in February are trying to complete games in February, which is a lot like the summer games challenge. Essentially, Honestly, that's right. So I'm perfectly fine with that. It's like any excuse to play games, whether they're owned or not, yeah. preferably already owned, is a good thing in this w- mm-hmm. industry because we live in an age where, it's probably been this age for ages now, where it's all about the new. What's new? Yeah. What's new? And I almost have no excuse because a large part of where this episode is going to go is <laughs> related to games I played that were new in the last month. <laughs> but uh, essentially, it's all about the new things where we're building these old backlogs and doing nothing with them. And I'm finally breaking through the habit of not doing that anymore. But I still have a large backlog. Heck, I'm actually looking at doing a, something in the near future to try to do like Mega Man games only using special weapons. I've never done that before. And I wonder how that would play out. Only using specials. As in like you start out with the Mega Buster because you have no choice. But then from the moment you get a special weapon, oh, you have to only use it with the caveat being that if you run out of special energy, special weapon energy... You can switch back, but you have to be within good faith. Like you can't get a weapon that gets eight uses and then oh, like, okay, yeah. time to go back to the Mega Buster. I bet you there's a way to get through that game like that because you probably would have to avoid enemies in order to get there. And it's not like you have to kill enemies for experience points. You can just like you know just get around do, them. Get that around is them, true, actually. I could probably pull that off, yeah, because like that'd be a good challenge. But also, just don't do it for like Mega Man too, because that was I was actually listening to an episode of a, some random podcaster where uh, he was talking. Not even a podcast, it was like a YouTube thing. He was like he was rating all the weapons, and he was rating them on like a scale of like usability, balance, and all these things. And it's interesting. I never really thought about the Mega Man two weapons because I try to stay away from that game because you know we had this conversation. I think mm-hmm. it's kind of overhyped. For genuine reasons, not just like, you know, I'm angry at the world, but actual reasons. <laughs> um, but those weapons are very junky. Like, mm. outside of the quick boomerang and the metal blade, the rest are kind of eh. Yeah. But those two weapons are all you need for the entire, entire game. game. I know, yeah. They, they, yeah. This is the way the game is designed. The game is designed in one way. So you get, you get all these options to, to, to play with all these other different tools. But in the end, it's like you're only going to have like... 
But that's the two problem. or three tools that are going to be the best. But that's the thing, though. It's like they give you the tools, but they don't take the time to balance the tools, which is why that guy had his balancing rating too. And that for Mega Man Two, like you think the now it won't go too long because we'll be talking about Mega Man. We just in the Mega Man episode. <laughs> um, but like take like, the air shooter, right? Air shooter is a good utility weapon in concept. It fires three tornadoes out from your gun, and they kind of rise up and spread. Right. And, like a, a and there's of, a lot of instances. There's a lot of times in the game where there's the enemies like kind of above you, like uh, in a staircase in front of you, that are hard to get a hold. They're hard to reach. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty helpful. But then here's the problem, though. One, once they leave the gun, they spread out, and the individual tornadoes are weak as a dickens. Like together, all three does damage. Individually, not so much. Mm. So you're like, okay, I'm using the air shooter, but it's not strong enough to make it something you'll go to on a regular basis. And then even still, the metal blade does that work. The metal blade <laughs> literally just goes in all directions, and it's the most powerful weapon in the game. So it's like, why use the air shooter here? Uh, metal, the atomic fire. You charge up just a shot out, but it burns like a three, like a quarter of your power by using a fully charged atomic fire. Mm. Let's use the metal blade for that. So in that regard... Metal Blade is the best and almost only weapon worth using, thereby the balance is completely borked. You go to a game a game like Mega Man 9, though, that is probably the most balanced, in my opinion, of the Mega Man weapons in one game. Like, that almost was, that, all of them have a use. That was the first, like, like uh, classic-style new game, right? Yeah. That one was... Yeah, that's got... It's, that game is balanced, Is has got, like, the nice... The stages feel like the right length. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just feel like that whole game is great. And then one weird thing I learned, and then I'll really stop rambling, um, is that apparently this is something I didn't remember or just didn't notice. Maybe I noticed it but forgot. Mega Man 8, they apparently didn't actually do weapon balancing in that game as far as like what power levels the weapons had. That was on the Super NES, right? No, that one was on the PS1. It was the oh. only one of the classic Mega Man line that was like made for like that line of consoles, mm-hmm. Saturn and PlayStation. And uh, it was, every weapon did the same amount of damage. Hmm. So it was less about the power of the weapons and more just like, this one goes up, so I'll use that one now. This one goes right, so I'll use that one now. Or if it does continuous damage, oh, it's like okay. one, 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 one versus so one. despite one, one being more powerful than the other, it was all about like, what, what what's the right time to do it? Exactly, because yeah. none of the, unfortunately, none of them were more powerful than the other, which is like a really <laughs> weird concept. Well, how did you feel about that? Honestly... I kind of think that's dumb, but it does trade off in some where it's like, okay, you feel more comfortable using different weapons because none is genuinely better. Like, you can run through the whole game with the flame sword because technically, Thunderclaw isn't better <laughs> or worse. It's just different. It's so. just, just Thunderclaw sounds like an amazing name. Yeah, that one's a weird weapon. It just fires a beam of lightning straight out, but it that's all it does. But I guess you can kind of fire it out and then jump down. It's like almost like a chudo chop of enemies because they all run through the beam or whatever. All but right. Anyway, that's Mega Man. <laughs> Maybe that'll be an episode in the future if I ever get around to that. We'll, we'll do it. We'll do another Mega Man situation. So, um, where did when the, the 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 whole thing around four in February? We, this isn't the first year I've heard that. Like, when who started that? I honestly never did the research. I just know it's been a thing for many years. Um, like in your circle, or just like an internet thing? It's an internet thing. Oh, um, okay. And that's cause that's honestly how I learned about. It. Like someone else mentioned it. Probably was on like a like IGN back in like the early two thousands mm-hmm. or something. But it was essentially thought up. You know what? I bet if you rolled dollars to donuts, I bet it was mm. at least maybe mainstreamed by a Kotaku writer. I would not be shocked if he was like he wrote an article, people saw it, and it spread. But really, I'm sure it didn't come from that person. But I wouldn't be surprised if that's how I got big. Mm. Anyway, 4 in February is just a general scope concept intended to get players 
to play through games that they already own. That's a very important caveat. You already own the game uh, to play through it and just kind of weed through your backlog a little bit. In my opinion, that is a great idea. Um, it would be nice if it could be also weighted to get multiple people to play the same games, but that's easier said than done. Um, Especially if it's, if it's backlog related. Not everybody and I have the same same library at home. Agreed. But, yeah. Agreed. So that might, but that might be something fun to try in the future, though. Coordinating even with the podcast listeners, coordinating one game with everybody sounds like pulling nail or pulling teeth. <laughs> but it would be fun to try, at least, because I can imagine the fun dialogue. Like, the SMT5 dialogue was great in the chat. But anyway, um, it's just a way to get through games. So I wanted to embark on it this year. Um, and I'll spoil it in advance before we can get into the episode. Just I'll, you won't know how far until I stop. Is that I didn't pull it off this year, unlike last year, because this year, aside from life just being a complete, you know, kerfuffle, um, I also got a lot of reviews for like role playing games, yeah, which kind of ate into my time. Yeah, it's so a lot, a lot, a lot of time. I was thinking like like we can keep continue a summer like the summer games challenge. We can just have a challenge for games like in this month. You have to try to finish Mega Man using only special weapons. You know, like create that would be like fun weird, yeah, weird challenges for ourselves, so. and to make it accessible to people, they would all be like emulatable games. So all games likely fitting the feeling yeah. of the radio station, only eight or sixteen bit games. Yeah, more retro style. Yeah, yeah. that could be fun. I'll yeah. say that I've been playing The Witness a whole whole lot more still. I just love turning it on, and then like every time I find a new puzzle and solve it, I feel like. Like they didn't really figure, they figure out it was you, did they? Hmm? They didn't figure out it was you, did they? I no. You're under protection. I, I'm under the witness protection. All right, good, good, because I thought that's the point of the game, right? To give all, basically, be the stool, be the stool pigeon without getting caught. <laughs> what was that guy's name in The Simpsons? He doesn't say nothing. Oh, that's Johnny Tight Lips. Johnny Tight Lips. You can call me or Johnny Jimmy, T- or J- T- Jimmy the Squealer. You can call me Robbie Tight Lips. <laughs> <laughs> it comes out of two people. Johnny Tight Lips or Jimmy the Squealer. But I think I'm actually going to finish it. I feel like I'm on my way to finishing that game. I actually thought you did at one point. I'm close. I'm really close. So were you playing it like years ago, but then stop? I was playing it years ago, and then I stopped because I was getting sick. Okay. Because of motion From sick. the motion? Yeah, and now we have a smaller TV, and I'm still getting sick, but a lot less frequently. So I'm picking it up now and again. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Got a TV size down to accommodate your stomach, so you don't build up as much bile. I just, I just because we have to sit so close to it. Like I guess it's like the the wider screen makes me feel more motion. While, well, I can while see. I think you kind of get. Do you feel compelled to look left because the screen has more real estate? Yeah, a little bit, a little. Or bit. look right because oh, I'm over there. What's going on over there? Yeah, and then I have to like put like the little like target on the screen so that my my brain knows where to look. Uh, and then, but every, every so many of the puzzles in the witness is environmental. So you're looking at one thing, then you have to look up and around and look at the clouds and then look back down again until you, the screen is constantly moving around in this three dimensional world. And it's gorgeous. I love the way it looks, but oh my god, it hurts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, I was I was feeling kind of sick today. Uh, but no, I've been playing some other games, and very briefly, and we'll talk about those. <laughs> um, so let's start with yours. Okay, we'll start with we'll start with a game that I actually did finish 100% positive. I beat it. Don't question it. You're 100% of the game. Actually, I did 100% the game. I got a I actually got a platinum trophy and everything, which is a rarity for Ooh, me. Perfect. Um, this comes from a game called Echo Generation on the Xbox One. Um, and this track is titled Wolf Rat Battle, and it was composed by Pusher. Mm-hmm. 
Welcome back. You are listening to Wolf Rat Battle from the game Echo Generation on the Xbox One, composed by Pusher. Uh, I have been in love with this track for the last month. Um, it plays in like one location in the entire game, and I still listen to it regularly on my phone. It's just that level of good. So, Echo Generation was not on my radar in any way, shape, or form. Um, yeah, someone told you about it, right? Yeah, I was yeah. just in a general chat playing golf with friends. And when I was about to log off for the night, a friend in the chat just randomly mentions, here's this game I started playing. You might like it. It seems like it would be up your alley. And he links it to me. And I was like, yeah, maybe I'll buy it and check it out later after looking at it. And it's like voxel art. And I'm a sucker for voxels. Hmm. So I was like, well, maybe I'll look into it later and see what it's all about. And it turns out it was on Xbox Game Pass. So technically, I already had it. So I was like, oh, give it a try. See how it is. And I played through it, like, immediately. Like, it took me... Two weekends to play through it. Hmm. Two weekends being like in Parnell time, so more like 10 to 20 hour game. Right. But I was really into it. Now, the game itself is tough in that you can actually get soft locked. The premise of the game, I'll get to that in a second. I should probably mention what the heck it is. The idea behind the game is that you're just a kid living in a generic 80s slash 90s neighborhood. Actually, more like 80s because they have VHS tapes. Okay. Um, 80s neighborhood. And weird stuff's going on, like aliens, and your principal's kidnapping kids, and there's a ghost in your school, and all just weird stuff. And you and your kid sister beat them up, and that's it. Also, the main premise that is kind of under the umbrella of the gear is you're trying to find your dad who went missing. Hmm. And is there's it like a, a, like a, so it's a beat 'em up game, a beat 'em up style. Or? Oh no, it's an RPG. Oh, okay. total RPG. Yeah. Um, but it has the whole quick time button press stuff or um, the general commands. Like it might be a command where it's like, okay, hit the button when the crosshairs meet, yeah. or you know, run through red to like do like a button combination stuff like that just to pull off special attacks and get critical damage. Uh, it ended up being a lot of fun. Like the music is really good. I like the atmosphere. But like I said earlier. There is the potential to get soft up because you don't save. The game auto saves. And there's like there's like moments where like you Ooh. might be stuck in an area where there's like a battle. And if you lose, the game will kick you back to where it auto saved. And if you don't have the means to do it, you're gonna lose. And it doesn't like it actually uses the supplies you had. So let's say for example the final oh, boss. So if you if you lose if you use items and then lose and then it kicks you back to like the title screen or whatever and you go back to play. Not even the title screen. It's like it'll kick you back to where it like auto saved and it'll say, Oh, we need to go back home and we should probably go rest or something. And everybody's a resurrected with half their hit points and all the items you use stay going. Ooh, that's so, rough. So <laughs> thankfully for me though, I kinda heard someone mention that in the past. So you play a lot of safe yeah, so I yeah I played very safe in that I actually made sure to buy lots of healing items and just had them on hand. Right. And eventually I found a party member who had a special attack, but if you did it right, they'll attack and also dig up an item, a random item. Oh, okay. So I was like, well, this person's going to be in almost every battle with me, digging up healing items. So I was like stacked on like 30 cups of coffee, which was like 20 hit points, which in that game was a lot. Um... And I just kind of played it. I played it safe. And when I got to the final boss, he did kill me once or twice. I can't remember how many times. And uh, it was either once or twice, though. No more than that. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, fortunately for me, I have a lot of healing items. But nonetheless, still. I was still concerned. Like, if I lose, like, maybe another time, I might be borked. So the first time I fought him, I actually intentionally lost to him. Thinking, like, okay, I want to see how this thing acts. Oh, clever. What he yeah, does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then once I felt confidence, like, okay, let me come in here ready to go. I, re I really wanted to do that at the end of Persona 5, just because I was like, because the final boss is, you've never experienced anything like it before. Mm -hmm. So I thought, maybe if I lose, I'll get to see part of it, and then I'll know going back into it. 
but then I'd have to like I would get thrown back so far. I didn't want to do that. Oh yeah, because I'm wondering, can you can you run back after fighting the archangels? I don't remember. No, I don't think so. Like once you're once you're in that once you're in that zone, like you got to push through, uh-huh. which is really rough. And that was a yeah, that was a that was an interesting gauntlet of battles oh, there. Gosh. So, um, is the rest of the soundtrack like this kind of cool, like rock, oh, like kind of? Well, it's, it's it's a it's a mixture of things. I like, want to say funk. It's not really funk. In it's fact, like, just for the heck of it, play one more track. Just to get an idea for. It. I didn't tell you the name of it because it was the it was the alternate track I was going to pick. All right, yeah, let's, let's just let's just pop it out now. What's it called? Trash Panda Crew. Okay, I love that. Nice. It's a very different style, right? Yeah, this is like... Oh! Oh! Uh, this is very different. So so, so the, the, the wolf rat battle is like off the wall then. Uh-huh, it's like you're basically fighting literally giant mutant rats. Ooh, because I feel like I'm on planet Funkotron. In this battle, you're actually fighting two like, like, like raccoons that are like diving through the trash. <laughs> That's amazing. So you got this, and then you got... Then you got and this is completely, completely different. Like completely it's the other different. end of the spectrum. Yeah, and it's all good. Like I, there's not a bad track on the OST for this mm-hmm. game. Like he, it makes me sad because I don't think anyone's talking about this game. And even if you don't play the game proper, mm-hmm. you people need to listen to the OST. It's a it's a banger. It's yeah. a real banger. Well, um, I'm gonna definitely go explore because there's a lot of like kind of that cool like that funky type sound. I'm gonna I'm gonna find that because that's awesome. Oh yeah, yeah, I really like that. And it ended up being like honestly, I came away from this game very happy. Like it was one of those things where, I mean, if I wanted to sit down and come up with a list, a litany of like issues I could have had with like attack balance and mm. things you could get locked out of or whatever, I could. I didn't care. I came in to see what I have fun, and I ultimately had a great time with the game they created for this. Like the atmosphere, the music, the the creativity of the attacks. Again, your the school principal kidnaps kids, and <laughs> you had to go to his basement. It's a really weird thing that happens. He's like, okay, well, the kids like locked in a cage with a dog a dog food bowl. <laughs> He's like, what are you doing now? He's gonna find you. Run. This does sound like it's right up your alley. For some, it's something. It's like it's like whimsy mixed with like kind of a dark kind of feel to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but kind of like this song. This song is like that. Yes. Yeah. Ooh. All right. So I'm gonna go with the games I played this month. And can you believe I started playing um, Fantasy Star Two again? Actually, I didn't realize you played it once. Well, I started playing a while like a long time ago, and then. Um, like last week, I just started digging really into it, digging into it a lot further because I have it on my phone. Oh, okay. So, and it's been a lot of fun. I really like it. I really like the music to it. So, we're gonna listen to the save music, which you don't really use because you could do save states on on it. So, it's like you don't really have to go back to the save point all the time. But it's got its own music. It's called Step Up. It's Fantasy Star Two for the Sega Genesis. <laughs> Lots of tubes. 
right, you're listening to Step Up. This is the save music from Fantasy Star 2 for the Sega Genesis, composed by Tokohiko Uwabo. Tokohiko Uwabo. That's a new name for the show. I've never heard of that one. I don't think we've ever played Fantasy Star 2. We played a lot of Fantasy Star 4 tracks on the, sh- on the show, but not 2. Um, but yeah, I, I, I heard this when I was on my uh, playing it. I was like, this is this is cool. The thing about it is, like, for the fact that I never really did much with it beyond like maybe the very beginning of this game, it got a. I remember getting a lot of love and praise for like Ray, who I, I want to say that's her name, the the claw user in the game, the Newman they're called. Yeah, and uh, even possibly like a dramatic plot point that happens with her. Which I don't 100% know, so I can't spoil it for you if I wanted to. <laughs> yeah, because I, I haven't gotten there yet. No, but um, it, took, it took me a while to figure out like the combat system. It's such a weird look, too, that I wasn't prepared for. I'm used to like the kind of the Final Fantasy style, where it's like left side against the right side. But this is like you're in front of them, and there's like kind of three columns where the enemies can be. Columns? Yeah, it's like... You're, you're, you you see the back of your character. Yeah. And you see them in front of you, but you uh-huh. only ever see one of your characters at one time. Oh, when you were saying comms, I was wondering, the thing that it was like, okay, here's like one guy's here in the middle, which means only the guy to the left and the right can hit him, but not the guys in the far. No, and it's not, it's not even that. It's not even that because it looks like that. But then when the enemy on the left is going to hit my character, my character is suddenly on the left side. Oh, yeah, because it puts him in front of him. Yeah, so, so he keeps moving around. When I first started playing the game, I'm like, why is he moving? How can I move him around? <laughs> Trying to and get that, him into position. And, you, and, and like to use magic, you have to go and like change strategy and then change from fight to magic. And then it's just a really weird system. That, but once I got my head around it, it's just a really nice, easygoing kind of battle system for an RPG and I really I really like the look of it too it's a really like old school futuristic vibe mm-hmm. which I really really like and they maintain that for a while it's honestly that's partly why it's kind of sad that Sega just kind of stopped after four like people say don't don't mention online that's a whole another world that's game. a whole yeah I mean they use the same names sure but like beyond that it's a whole other thing but like yeah. Fantasy Star 4 they really I feel like they mastered what they were going for. Like that was like a, the pinnacle of like a yeah. fantasy star game, and they could have gone so much farther with that if they wanted to. Like as far as like visuals and the like, they was like, no, we're done. No more fantasy star, <laughs> uh, which is interesting because again, that was like their closest competitor to like Final Fantasy, which at the time was like it was pretty much Final oh, yeah. Fantasy. Yeah, so, the um, Dragon was, Warrior. Yeah, that, yeah, Dragon Warrior. So everything was on Nintendo. You know, mm-hmm. so the Sega Genesis had some RPGs, but like nothing that. Not not as not not that the kids on the school school grounds were talking talking about. Yeah, or if they did bring up Fantasy Star, they probably got beat up. <laughs> they shouldn't have, but they probably. He's talking did. about Fantasy Star. Get, Get him! him! <laughs> you guys must be getting real tired of playing Final Fantasy, huh? No one who's playing Final Fantasy would say that. Get him! The uh, right. I kept thinking this song was going to be longer than it is because there's like a weird little bridge. And it's like two little chords, and I'm like, ooh, it's going to turn into something else. It's just relaxing. But it just kind of keeps looping on itself. I want to get to that one more time. We've probably heard it like six times already. Here it comes. Right here. I keep thinking it's the whole chorus. (laughs) Just a little drum fill. (laughs) That's it. All right. So what's your uh, second track? Okay, so this next track comes from a game that I admittedly did finish in the past, but I finished it again this month because circumstances brought it to my attention. This comes from the game The Legend of the Mystical Ninja from the Super Nintendo. The track is titled Castle of Ninja, and its composers are Kazuhito Uehara and Harumi Ueko. (laughs) 
Welcome back. You're listening to Castle of Ninja from the game The Legend of the Mystical Ninja from the Super Nintendo. Composers being Kazuhiko Uehara and Harumi Ueko. So, yeah, I love this track so much. The entire OST, The Legend of the Mystical Ninja, is one of the SNES's best, in my personal opinion. And I had a hard time choosing what I would bring to the episode today, but this one ended up being the one that I wanted this mm-hmm. time. This isn't even, everybody think about it like as a kid, this wasn't even my favorite track in the OST, and it might still not be, but I think it's moved much higher up than it was back then, because it reminds me, I was telling you on the on the break, but it reminds me of like one of those like classic ninja movies where like the ninja has like the scarf that kind of wraps over his head, around his eyes, and then ties a knot under his nose, Yeah, and he's just kind of running in the dark trying to avoid searchlights in a ninja like, castle. I thought that was like a makeshift mask, you know, that was, that was like, a, like a robber... Or like some kind of um, a thief. Yeah, but like that on, yeah. But that's what it was like. It was like a makeshift mask, like, a, mm. and it wasn't a real ninja mask. It was right. like, okay, I just need to hide my identity while I sneak around at night, um, <laughs> like sneak into the fortress. Or yeah, whatever. this is it's good sneaky music. It's like adventure sneaky music. Yeah, it's cool. And it's, it's such a good game, like Legend of the Mystical Ninja. So the reason why I ended up playing it this month because I was hanging out with some friends a couple days ago, and while there. Um, one of them, my friend's wife, was like, "Hey, I need some. Suge- could you suggest some games to me for now to play on the Super Nintendo that were, are like platformers that are fun?" So I'm like, "Ah, crap! I can't remember off the top of my head. There's too many games because at this point I got thousands of games up here. I can't just Rolodex them these days. I need to see the name." Yeah. So I was like, "Okay, let me bring up a list." So, so they brought an EverDrive out, and I was looking through all their games. Like, this one would be good. This one would be good. And when I got to Legend of the Mystical, I was like, "Oh yeah, this one would be great." But I had, I felt like I had to boot it up to show her what it looked like because. This game has, like, two types of levels. There's mm-hmm. action stages, which are the actual 2D stages. Right. And there's, like, the sort of adventure stages where they're kind of, like, top-down-ish, and you're kind of running around, like, in the actual plane. Oh, okay. I didn't realize there was, like, two different styles within that. So I had to, you know, at least show her what the platforming section looked like by getting to one. But the next thing I know, I was like, well, I want to keep going. So I, <laughs> just, I played through the entire game in that one sitting. I was like, yeah. I'm sorry about that. I meant to show you games, and I ended up just playing through <laughs> one. And uh, it was cool just how some of the levels I honestly kind of forgot, like, but I was just blitzing. I'm like, this level is really cool. You're going through Ninja Castle. And the ninjas are like these little, like, weird puppet-looking kids where they're kind of running with their little wacky cartoon feet that kind of run really fast. Yeah, 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 they kind of spin around. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then when you hit one, the torso falls off, but then the legs keep going. So you have to break <laughs> the legs, too. And there's, like, like, switches that make the entire castle rotate. The room rotates. You have to, like, oh, kind of awesome. fall off the walls of the floor and rotate the oh, corner man. so you're on the ceiling instead of the floor. <laughs> it's, it's just... It had that game had a lot of really cool visual effects, and there was there was multiple what like mystical ninja or, or goemon games on the Super Nintendo that just didn't come out to the states. Is that right? That's correct. Yeah. And I still need to sit down and play them because not maybe I say in the last like maybe November or so, um, a friend of mine reminded me that those games existed <laughs> and they were actually fan translated. So I ended up downloading all of them. Oh, and cool. I just need to sit on and play them now. Oh, that's but. nice to know that they, that. that someone loved them enough to do that but it's like yeah. it's a shame it's an example of like konami just like kind of dropping the ball like we thought they only did it recently no they've been dropping the ball for years yeah. despite actually making good games they were dropping the ball too in a number of areas well, i think uh, goemon was one of them yeah i mean especially like in the 90s like they had to be really i guess they had to be really choosy about what you were going to release in north america because it was there wasn't like digital distribution it was like they're gonna have to produce cartridges yeah and then ship them out so yeah. you had to feel like it was going to produce a profit to yeah. justify the release. Now that happened to me um, ages ago when we lived in Ellesmere, um, like deciding to show off a game and then ending up just finishing it. 
where um, I, I we went to a flea market and I found a copy of Parappa the Rappa. Oh yeah. And realized like I didn't have mine anymore. I lost it or something. And so he took it home and I put it in my old PlayStation and Allie and Josh were there and I played through the first stage and they're like, oh, that's really cool. That's really neat. And like, I was like, well, no one's leaving the house. So I might as well play the next level. <laughs> <laughs> and the game isn't that long. If you know if you know what you're doing, the game is over. So I just played through the whole game and I was like, okay, time to go, everybody. <laughs> like, no, go back and unlock the cool levels. Um, the cool rankings. The cool rankings. I didn't do that. Chase the toilet. It doesn't sound good when you do that, when you do the cool rankings. That is true. It's only, you're only really doing it for the visuals at that point. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. the score. But and the, the score. score let's be real. That scoring system made no bloody sense anyway. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. All right, so my next track is coming from a game I did put some more hours into. It is Ghouls and Ghosts for the arcade, like Capcom arcade title. We're going to listen to Stage 4 from Tameo Kawamato. Stage 4 from Ghouls and Ghosts for the arcade composed by Tamayo Kawamoto. Kawamoto. Moto, Moto, Moto. I just think it's such a weird sounding song. I really liked it. It is. It's def- you can tell when something's early Super Nintendo. Like, you can tell. Mm-hmm. And if I'm wrong about this being Super Nintendo's version, I'm going to feel like a complete knucklehead. This but- is arcade. There it is. Knucklehead. Yeah. <laughs> like See, I- but now I'm wondering. Like-, like I said. No, it's just like, it's just really odd. Edit that out. <laughs> Stop. No, that's all right. I tease. Um, but like, it still sounds like early Super Nintendo, though. I can't explain why. Like, it's this, like this. This is a sound style. Yeah. Well, there's a, a composition style too. I think. Hold on, let me. Like Super Castlevania Four has like a similar like vibe I get from a lot of the tracks in that game. Well, this is definitely. I mean, I guess the vibe should be the same, but this is definitely FM synthesis. This is the Yamaha twenty one fifty one. Okay. Um, in the in the arcade cabinet. I'll be John Brand. So, but yeah, and it's definitely it's all sampled sound in the Super Nintendo. But maybe they sampled a lot of the stuff to make it sound like the arcade. Now, on a break and work, look that track up because now I got to know how it sounded on the Super Nintendo. I got I got to know for my own friggin' sanity. But I just I find this. It's probably this part right here. Sounds very Super Nintendo-y. Mm-hmm. But this part right here, 
It's just so unsettling. The whole song is super unsettling. Which is good, because you should feel unsettled when you're playing this brutalizing game. Yeah, the whole way. You should... Which reminds me, what in the world put you on this? I don't know. It, it was there. <laughs> I, it was it's the it's the Capcom arcade collection. On the, on oh, the that's how okay. And I haven't played everything on that. And I thought like you know I actually enjoy this in the arcade. And um, actually, this part's cool too. Just kind of sneaking around. Yeah, that kind of came out of nowhere. You're gonna die. Most likely, you're gonna die. You are gonna die. Probably spikes. <laughs> yeah, probably, it could be anything, any number of things. This game, and then by the time you get to a boss, like you're just you're demoralized. And you have no idea what the boss is going to do. <laughs> and it only takes one to two hits generally to kill you. Oh, yeah. And you're, by that point, you're probably already naked. Oh, wait. Maybe three. Because if you have the special armor, does it go from special armor to armor to draw? It does. It does. I'm pretty sure it does. Okay. Yeah. It goes It goes. Um, super armor, armor, naked. Okay. Yeah, and then once you're naked, you're done. And the thing is, like, I actually, after that episode we did, was it last week? Where we had the, it was the live stream, right? And Mike mentioned Ghouls and Ghosts Resurrection. I actually ended up catching it on sale on the Switch, so I did buy that recently. Got it started eventually, but I'm like, now I'm curious about how much suffering that game's going to cause. <laughs> I was waiting until after February concluded to try to start it. Yeah. That's but it. then Elden Ring came out, and you know how that goes. It's tough, because you can play through these games like unlimited credits, like through the emulators or through the, game, the, the arcade collections. But if you have to like... Be like, okay, but can I finish it on this many credits? Or like how, how like you got to impose those challenges on yourself to make the game. Because the game's already hard. Yeah, like if you want to make the game actually last for yourself, that's how it works. But I'll admit, I have definitely played games, generally arcadey games, where I'm like, look, I just want to see the levels. Yeah. But if you want a game to actually properly last you, mm-hmm. then you got to impose the challenge. Because otherwise, you're going to play through the game, see it. It's kind of like... It was like a board game review where someone was talking about that's longer. He's like, well, the game's too easy. I'm like, yeah, but well, that's why you don't start on easy because you start on easy, <laughs> yeah. see the entire game in one go. It's like, well, we beat the game. It's done. I'm like, what? Well, you can't say it's easy, but if you play it on the intended setting, like medium or whatever, mm-hmm. next thing you know, it's like, this is actually, you give it the proper dialogue when you talk about how challenging it was. Like, I got to like level four this time, but next time I'll be prepared. Yeah, yeah. Ghouls so, and Ghosts so, is totally there. So when you pop this in on your emulator or whatever, you have to like, in, you have to go in the mindset of like, I only brought four dollars to the arcade. Yes, and like, and two dollars of that is pizza money, <laughs> greasy controllers. Exactly right. So, so you got you got you got eight quarters to play this game on. Yes. Um, all right. So, what's your next quarter? What's your next quarter going towards? All right. So this is a, this is where we get to the games that I started, but unfortunately did not conclude because right. time was not on my side. Um, this comes from the game Virgo versus the Zodiac. And the track title is called Room 707, and this is composed by Electro Bear.
welcome back. You're listening to Room 707 from the game Virgo vs. the Zodiac on Steam, composed by Electro Bear. I guess I should have said PC because Steam isn't actually a console, it's a service. Anyway, the point is, it's not on a console. So, it's, it's versus the Zodiac, does that mean like the Zodiac Killer? Actually, that would be a completely different game. <laughs> Possibly a survival horror title. Um, but nah, Zodiac as in like the Zodiac signs. Um, so you play as Virgo. I don't remember much about the game. Well, I almost say remember more. Like I didn't get far enough to give like a meaty detail. But what I know from the premise is that you were playing as Virgo, who is one of the Zodiac representatives in this game's world. Mm-hmm. And her goal is to pretty much reign in the other Zodiacs and form one united world because she thinks it's pretty dumb that everything's split up the way it is. Like, she feels like it's not very, I don't know, like, regal or... Like, she has her own sense of justice, essentially. Okay. And she's she's basically working to abide by that sense of justice. Oh, okay. So she's just, like, rating it. <laughs> and it's funny because I didn't get too far into it, but like I said, I intend to go back. I like this game a lot from what I played. Um, but the first place you go is, like, I want to say it's, like, Gemini's world or something. Or Capricorn. But... It's like a company. Like you're walking into like this company, a corporate environment, and all the employees are goats <laughs> with like briefcases. Cool. And uh, so you're trying to sneak into the corporation to find Capricorn and mm-hmm. kill her. And uh, yeah, because she's not messing around. Um, and as you're running around, you're like sneaking through like different rooms. Every once in a while, you have to come across like an actual goat employee and fight them. Mm. And there's like security guards and stuff. And then the battle system is um, turn based with a timing system. Like, you know, general, like, you know, attack comes out, you got to time the attack, but the timing is no joke. Like, you have oh, to be oh, really oh. on the ball. Oh, so, like, as the action is happening on the screen, you have to time with it. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. And um, one thing I like about this game is that there is a variety of different types of equipment, like, you know, armor, you know, weapons, shields, mm-hmm. and all that. But every type of equipment is what determines what attacks you get. So it's not a matter of like, oh, I'm going to put this shield on because it's a stronger shield. No, that shield now gives you a completely different attack than your last shield did. And... They have a, a you know one of those like triangles of like what's strong against something. So it has some nonsensical terminology like you know virtue, patience, and like Deuteronomy, which is not <laughs> really the word. But I just went by the colors like purple, red, and blue. Right, right. Easier for me to remember, and uh, I like it. Like I, I was having a great time with it, and mm. I like I like the concept that her her sidekick is a living gingerbread cookie. That's awesome. It's just a great game. It's. It's creative. Like, again, I mentioned it a lot on this show, but it, it can never be stated enough that for all the games that exist out there, as derivative, as derivative derived from other games as new games are, mm-hmm. uh, it stands to reason that if you ever come across a game that even feels remotely unique in comparison to the others of its ilk, yeah. it is worth your time to give it a try, even if it's not peak product, just because the creativity is probably worth more and this age than the standard of gameplay. I I stand firm on that. Like I'd rather play something like this than Horizon Forbidden West, mm. despite the fact that it's clear which of the two has a higher quality pedigree. Yeah, Doesn't cool. matter though, you know, because I like. Yeah, different. it had like a bigger team behind it, but like was, but this one's just so different. It yeah. Sounds so creative. Yeah. And I, I love that kind mm. of stuff. I, I look forward to it whenever I come across it in a game. Sounds awesome. The soundtrack's really cool, too. Mm-hmm. And there's another artist on the soundtrack called Procrastinator. Which is funny. I'm glad you mentioned that because we could do that thing again. I, I had two tracks listed. Or maybe I could just be the end of the yeah, episode Yeah, we'll, we'll play that at the end. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, so my my, uh, my last track is from a game that is on my list. I will be starting it soon. This is um, because I heard it last week and I loved it. This is Spirit Fair. Oh, composed by Max LL. We're going to listen to Northern Waters. That is like the game. Well, did we I say it came up on last week's uh, live stream? Yeah, yeah. It was um, uh, a game fan. 44 uh, played this or finished it, and it just sounds amazing to me. So I really, really want to get into this one. So here's uh, Northern Waters. That was Northern Waters from the game Spirit Fair, composed by Max LL. Um, yeah, this game is just on my mind. I really want to play it. You know, it's on Steam, if I'm not mistaken. So you have the option for it. Actually, maybe on PS4 too. I think it is on PS4. So, but e- either way, I'm, I'm going to get into this one. There is something about this game. Like multiple people in my life have talked this game mm. up and they all come from the same place like you know sometimes people will reference a game and why they like it and different people will reference different reasons why they like something mm. but in the case of this game they almost all say the same thing just they like the relaxing atmosphere it provides it's like a no frills you know progression system of like what you're trying to do yeah like low stakes you're not going to yeah but also like the um I just I love the 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 the, the, the idea of sending people to the to the next life mm-hmm. you know I just I've been feeling really introspective lately and so I really think this is a cool idea that I would love to to see how they explore that you know yes you know making sure their souls are safe and then their whole life is packed up nicely and then moved on <laughs> and a neat little package neat little package I actually did buy this too for mm-hmm. specifically with the intent to be like I'm gonna get to you I'm gonna get to you 
I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I, I, I liked what people were saying about it. And I like that. It's not even so much about the experience so much mm-hmm. as I would like to see if I get the same feeling yeah. that those people got. Do you ever think you'll take like a, like a break from review games so that you can get into some other ones? Yes and no. On one hand, I feel like I might take a break and review less. But it's also, for me, it's a social activity, too. Mm-hmm. Like, every week we get together and we gab about some junk and then I'll blab about some games. And I like having that goal, that task. Yeah. Because if I'm just playing a game for me, it's not really priority. It's just a thing I'm doing. And right. you already know how I am about, like, you know, like what my hobbies are and, like, what I, sh- quote-unquote, should be doing instead. But... When it's like, hey, Perno, here's a review. You should, you, could you do this? I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, I have a goal now. I have a task. Let's get on it. And the other aspect of that is just sometimes I come across just games that I didn't expect to be good yeah. or I would have ignored if I didn't play it mm-hmm. firsthand. Like, it's a gun game I'm reviewing next week, which when this episode comes out will be next week, um, called like Gungorg Dark Matters. And he was like, you want to review this game? I looked at the trails. It doesn't look very fun at all. Sure, I'll try it because <laughs> <laughs> um, it's free. You know, and I ended up playing. I was like, this is legitimately yeah, yeah. good. Like, this is a fun game. And I would have never bought it, would have never paid for that if I just looked at the trailer. But having played it, I'm like, this is actually worth money. This is worth good money. And I would buy it knowing what I know now. Um, yeah. So, so you get access to like these things that you probably would have just never experienced or, or been like, ah, you not turn your nose up at, but I just would have just blown right past it. Yeah. And yeah. there's another caveat too, because like, you know, for example, I was reading, looking at Triangle Strategy on my phone just now, right? Because that's something I'm interested in for the Switch. It's a big name release coming out. Mm-hmm. We wouldn't get that game on, on SML. And some people might hear that and go, oh, man, that sucks. You're not getting all the big hits. You know, you're not getting the Horizon Forbidden West or whatever. And I'm like, it's fine with me. Why? Because I know those games are going to be generally good games. Like, I don't need to dip my toe into that. Right. I want to dip my toe into games that need to have the acknowledgement, that need people to see that they exist. Mm. And if they end up being great, I want to tell people, this is the game for you. You know? Mm. And I mean, don't get me wrong. Every once in a while, I'm happy with a game that I was like, I'm going to get this, but right. I got it for free now instead. Um, <laughs> but I much prefer getting games that deserve and need the press. Right. It's not just about getting the next big thing for free. It's about like discovering something new and then sharing that. Yes. Yeah, I like that. That's, yes. It's a very pure way to look at it, but I know it's also a way that you get the most enjoyment out of things too. And it shows too. Yeah. Like you think about those like our 2021 or our 2020 best of mm-hmm. episodes. How often are the games I mentioned big releases? They almost never are. Yeah. Because it just happens to be that I genuinely liked this game more <laughs> than that other game that I was going to buy. Uh, Shin Megami Tensei 5 is pretty big. Oh, yeah. That's like 10 5. But you got to play Mega 10 5. It goes where it's going to go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We're going. We're going. We're going to go to the bonus round. Bonus. 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 Bonus <laughs> round. And the bonus round is where we play covers and remixes and arrangements on our theme. And um, so I think we're going to go on to like a, a fourth game. Is that what we're going to do here? Pretty much. Because, yeah. you know, four for February, four games. Yes, right. And unfortunately, this is a fourth game that I didn't finish, but I, I'm i going to finish it because I came really close. This is a game that has surprisingly been sitting on my roster. Didn't realize that of all the Mega Man games, I actually never beat this one. Oh. Of the classic Mega Man style, this is the only one. I guess I should include Ooh, Rockman and Forte. Six? I, I finished six on a whim. I can't remember where I was at. 
Mega Man 5, I beat drunk at a concert. Mega Man 6, I beat... I think it was a gaming challenge I did with somebody where I just kind of ran it, and I was like, this game, the weapons are terrible in this game. <laughs> um, but no, Mega Man 10, I never finished it. Um, I don't know what it was. I feel like what happened was Mega Man 9 was like the perfect return for Mega Man. Mm-hmm. It did everything right. And then Mega Man 10 was like, okay, I'm feeling underwhelmed again. After I did Solar Man level 25 times, I was like, okay, I'm kind of done here. But this was different. I was ready. Went, to, so you went back to it with fresh eyes. With fresh eyes. Yeah. And while I didn't get through it, because I only had one night to do it, um, I did get pretty far. I did all the base robot masses, but didn't have time for Wally's Castle before having to go to bed. Mm. So... Nonetheless, I'm still going to pick a track from it, and this actually is not from one of the basic levels. This is from one of the special stages that you could download back uh, when the game originally came out. Right. Um, this is called "Let the or Get the Punk Out." This is a cover of that track done by Ferd K, um, and it is a banger. So enjoy. Okay. That was good. It's a good ninja. That was really good. Yeah. Like <laughs> a couple times I looked over and I was like, oh. <laughs> good selection, yeah. right? Yeah. Like that's honestly one of my favorite tracks in the Mega Man 10 release. So I was sold on it. Um, For those who are like, what the heck are you talking about? Well, first of all, this is, you know, get the punk out covered by Ferd K for Mega Man 10. Um, punk is what is known as a Mega Man killer. These were robots that Dr. Wally designed to kill Mega Man. Mm. Kind of like all the other robots he designed, but sure. in this instance, um, they were, he was one of three robots that were designed to be on the, like pretty much like an exclusive robot on the Game Boy releases of the Mega Man games from back in the day. Because they were like a combination of like four robots from one Mega Man game, four robots from another Mega Man game, and their respective like remixed levels, mm. and then one unique robot that was a killer. Inker, 
ballad, and punk, which is kind of funny because as a kid, I didn't realize that they were actually named after music genres, just like how all the other robots are, Inca, ballad, and punk. That makes sense. So, you know, because of course it was rock, roll, blues, and uh, what the heck was freaking bass and treble's name? Uh, Well, there is bass and treble. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. yeah. Um, I was going to say like bass, bass. Every time I see it, it's bass. Yeah, that's why we all uh, thought it was. It was always Bass back then because we didn't make the connection yeah. because they called him Mega Man in the States and Proto Man. Um, but I just thought it was kind of cool as an adult. I was like, wait a minute. They're named after music music styles too. Um, but yeah, it's a pretty cool level. There was a good way for them to say, okay, they were released on Game Boy games. Let's put them as like a sort of like, remember them? They're still existing. Um, they released them as DLC for Mega Man 10, and if you went to their levels and beat them, mm-hmm. you got their weapons that you could then take back into the main game, which is kind of cool. Oh, that's a cool idea. Yeah, I, I never, I, I played a bit of 10, but I never really got that far into it, especially not the DLC. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's a hard, honestly, 10 is hard. Like, I didn't realize it was as hard as it was, and it was the first one in a while that made me think I need to start getting better with the weapons because as much as I hate that they got rid of the slide in the Mega Buster, mm-hmm. one thing I will give them credit for I will never give him credit for getting rid of the slide. But as far as getting I rid like of the slide, I like the slide. The, the slide mega, is the, good. The, the Mega Busters, that's the charge shot, right? Yeah. I'm okay with getting rid of that. I don't, yeah. I don't like charge shot. And that's the thing. Like, I liked it, but I can under, I can appreciate that losing it made you think more about what sub weapons to use yeah. because the Mega Buster should not be that good. Mm-hmm. The whole point of getting special weapons is to have alternate firing methods. And in that game, while I started trying to play it the other night, I was like, okay, I need a weapon that isn't trash because the <laughs> Mega Buster is not good. So I was like, I came across my quote unquote Mega Buster replacement weapon, which is the one you pretty much almost always use when you're not using the gun. That was a triple blade. Uh, um, and then after that, I started realizing that there were other weapons that were surprisingly useful. In this case, the first shield weapon in the series, in my opinion, well, second, because Jewel Satellite is a banger. Mm. Um, Jules, um, the water shield, I was actually exploiting the livid daylight side of that <laughs> weapon in this game. Like, I was using it on everybody. Oh, wow. It just generates, like, six orbs that or seven orbs or so that spin around Mega Man, and they all do their own damage. So if you just get up on a guy with all the orbs, like, bam, 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 bam. So you get a little protection, and you get a whole lot of extra damage. Mm-hmm. Uh. And if you push the button, you can spin them off like a sort of like a fan spiral. Yeah. But you don't have to. Just get in their face. We should, do, we should do, like, a Mega Man stream, and you can just, like... I have like a master class, like a Mega Man, Mega Man master, Mega Master class. We could though. I got this odd feeling Dan Lauten will come on like Pernell. You do know that weapon is what you should be using <laughs> in this scenario because that man is a Mega Man beast. Oh, he's he's awesome. Yeah, yeah. But he's speeding through these things. You'll never see. You'll never know what he's doing. He's going so fast. That is true. Yeah, yeah. You'll take your time and, and explain. I'm methodical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll talk about the recipe as you're cooking. <laughs> <laughs> Just right. use triple blade and can't go wrong. Yeah, all right. So my last track is another Fantasy Star track. This is actually from Fantasy Star 4 because I love that soundtrack anyway. Um, this is the end of the millennium from the Fantasy Star Collection, Sound Collection Part 2. This is um, a uh, an arranged soundtrack that came out, I guess, with either with the game or like a year after the game came out. Composed by Itsuho Ippo Numata um, and uh, arranged by Akira... Sasaki.
I think you'd like it. Yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I just I thought I was thinking like I'd start with two, and then maybe three. But don't then, do three. Don't do three. You're, you're not going to play three. <laughs> three is the divisive one where they kind of change how the battle system works graphically, and it also goes through generations of characters. Like the that's interesting to me though. Yeah. Oh, it's, don't get me wrong. That is cool. It's everything else that's oh. is divisive. <laughs> really, like I don't know if I feel like this is great or not. Well. But then four goes back to how two was. As far as graphic style, and they added combo attacks, and okay. well, admittedly the combos are hidden, so you might never even discover one. But if you do, they're awesome. And it's just four is just a gem. Again, I feel like that is like the peak of like everything we're building up to. Is like put this in here and have a bowl. Yeah, it was like the, they knew this would be the last fancy start on the Genesis. Put everything they can into it. Exactly. And the cartridge is way more expensive too because of the hundred bones yeah. that in virtual racing. Yeah, well, virtual racing had an extra chip inside of it. I think. Um, yeah, for for the 3D, but I think that um, Fantasy Star Four was just like a, a much larger uh, size, mm-hmm. like storage size. But anyway, that was the end of the millennium. The arranged version from Fantasy Star Sound Collection Two, composed by Itsuso, uh, Itsuho Ipo Numata, and arranged by Akira Sasaki. And yeah, that is like I just love that classic 80s sound. So good. Yeah, so, a, so that's good. a gem of a tune. I like that. Yeah, I like um, the really classic, like that guitar that's all kind of like reverbed in the background. We were doing the sound with your mouth. It's really good. So, for more information on the bonus round, you can go to rhythmandpixels.com and get links to the SoundClouds and Bandcamps and everywhere where you can go find this music and support the artists. Good, isn't it? That's good. All right, thanks for joining us on episode 31-9 of Rhythm and Pixels. This is the 4 in February. This is very triumphant. Like, yeah. Like, very, like... It's funny you say that because champion. you ain't triumphant here. This, oh, is, yeah. this is from well, Mega Man Rock and Roll. This is the Reactor Man stage. Basically, the, it's the Quick Man level of the game. Oh. And you're going to die a lot. So <laughs> just prepare for that noise. The beams that have, like, freaking re- like reflector beams. They reflect like a kind of curve and mess. Beams with the bees in their mouth, and when they beam, they shoot bees. Bee beams at you. (laughs) Work those buttons. That's good, but good original music though. I like that. It sounds really great. Like I said, I feel like it's amazing how the fan community got towards Mega Man in that there are a lot of Mega Man, you know, fan remixes and like, you know, edits and whatnot. But I feel like this one and Mega Man Unlimited are like the peak. Of the bunch, I still need to try Mega Man Rock Force because I'm curious about how that one is, hmm. and also Minus Infinity is a, is a gem as well. But that one's just a, is a mod of four, so I didn't count that in that dialogue. Uh, what wasn't there one that was? Oh no, Capcom made that one. It was like Mega Man versus Street Fighter. Yeah, that was one. That was the one that shocked me the most because Capcom came into the pot, and that one's just not as good as the ones <laughs> I just named. And despite yeah. the fact that Capcom's name is on it. But uh, it's, but it's still cool some, it's, by the Street Fighter characters in it. Yeah, and it's got some really cool, like, 8-bit, like, chip-style music of Street Fighter Four. The Crimson Viper level. Yeah, so The good. theme there is freaking graphic. Really, we played really it on good. the show. Yeah, we, I know. I remember that. That's, that's where I was like, 
Yeah, that's, that's how I've only... That's the only way I've experienced this game is through the music. <laughs> Actually, probably the only way you can experience it now, right? Yeah, because like, I, I I don't think it's around anymore. I think you can still download it, or if it's not downloadable from Capcom, I'm sure it's out on like you know various websites or whatever. Yeah, someone's, they someone's got it. Yeah, because it was meant to be free. Like They, they weren't selling it. Mm-hmm. So it's, this is one of the cases where it's like, there's no issue with just grabbing it somewhere. I see, I see. Um, well, anyway, this has been really, really fun. We have a very special episode coming up next week. And then um, I think we're going to, our, our monthly live stream for the end of this month is going to be on a different type of day. So we'll, we'll try to announce that a bit earlier this time. I think I only gave people like three days notice. For did we do one. Lucky Jams before? Yes. I know we did. Maybe we should just do like green, like green, green or something. Well, and let's, we let's not announce it now. Let's, let's workshop. We have, we, it's, it's just now March. <laughs> <laughs> we can figure it out. We can figure that one out. Uh, but yeah, if you like what you're hearing and you want to get in touch with us and say hi, or if you have a track suggestion or a topic suggestion, you can send us an email, rhythmandpixels at hotmail.com. And if you want to see a full track listing of this episode and all of our episodes, go to the website, rhythmandpixels.com. You can go to um, any of the social media sites and type in Rhythm and Pixels, and we have a presence there somehow. Our Instagram is like all of our artwork and all of our little posts are, are up there, and it's kind of cool to see them all in a row. Um, you can go to youtube.com slash rhythm and pixels and we have a 24 7 radio station playing nothing but 8-bit and 16-bit classics and deep cuts i recently did a really big nes update to the station improving the sound quality and adding a lot more music and we also added some uh, uh some new voiceovers some new uh, little uh commercials uh for some new patreon members so i'm really excited about that speaking of patreon if you want to support the show the best way to do that is at patreon.com slash rhythm and pixels your donations there go towards um, uh, keeping the site up, keeping all of our hosting going, keep everything everything going. It is very, very, very pleasing to us to see new names show up in the Patreon list. At the end of every episode, we'd like to thank all of our Patreon members at the highest levels. I'd like to thank, uh, frankly, Zappa. Thank uh, the number one. Which is <laughs> number one? And that's the person that we recorded the thing for, right? Yeah. Okay, so that and that's on the radio station every 10, 15, 20 minutes or so. Um, it'll be on there. I want to thank uh, Kristen, GameFan44, Mike Myers, Person, Vashon8060, Alex Messenger, The Messenger, a VG, from AVGM Journey, a VGM podcast, Andreas Milberg, Brian Pitt, Carlos, Kung Fu Carlito from the Heroes 3 podcast, Chris Tienerson, Chris Wisner, a.k.a. Musashi219, The Wise Guy, Christopher Sendstrom, Davey Cakes, David Taylor, Harold Howard, Justin Schneider from XVGM Radio, Michael Bridgewater from the Forever Sound Version Podcast, Michael Jennings, Rage Cage from the VG Emporium, Reinhard Selkova, Romancing Sagat, Sleepy S'more, Steve Miller, Taco, and the Ed Wilson from the VG Embassy. That embassy strikes again! Yes, so um, definitely check out this month's episode. I'm on it. And we have a really good time talking about all things Dance Dance Revolution, something that's really special to me and Brunel. So go and check that out when you have the time. Step, step. <laughs> Absolutely. I just keep saying step, step. Step it up. Step it up, Ed. <laughs> Come on. All right. Um, anyway, so yeah, next week's a really special episode. I'm looking forward to uh, uh, putting that one together and recording it. And we will see you next week. My name is, my name is Rob Nichols. And I'm Pernell. Have a good night. And remember... Uh, oh God, yeah, perseverance is a uh, God. Please do it if you can. Push through what you got going on. I said that in a weird way. I'm starting over. 
effective immediately. <laughs> um, life has become fairly tumultuous for more than a few people. Yeah, we're coming out of the mask mandates and all, but that didn't mean that the rest of life didn't just somehow stop. Um, personally, this has been a pretty, well, last month has been a pretty brutal month for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I am pushing through it as best I can. Uh, not recklessly or irresponsibly, mind you, but I am trying to work through my dilemmas or issues. It has some like medical issues that took place mm-hmm. and I'm working through it. I'm trying to keep a brighter, positive light on it. And one thing that helps with that is obviously the show, the community that comes from VGM. You know, my friends such as Rob, of course, Rob oh. has always been there. Um, and with the purpose of me staying all that is the fact that, I mean, I have my days, I have my really rough days, but despite all of that, I still find a way to kind of find my way forward and appreciate the things that are there that are good in my life and I'm worth pushing forward to continue to experience and enjoy. And that would go for any of the listeners as well, I would feel as if you guys are having any tumultuous moments, downtrodden times in your lives, things that might sometimes even seem you know, insurmountable at times. Um, just know that it's all temporary. Um, you can make it through. There are options that are available to you. You have people you can talk to and communicate with that kind of help you through these tumultuous rough patches, including us. If you need to write into something, come to the freaking Discord chat, gab about your issues, your dilemmas, your concerns. We're here for it. We'll chat it up with you. Um, write an email or something. The way something. you phrased it was like, we were the rough patch. Yeah, if, if, we're, if, if, we're, if causing, we're causing you problems, you <laughs> let us know. We'll beat ourselves up. Um, but no, yeah, like, absolutely. it's just, you're not alone. No matter how you feel or think, you're not alone. And there's always options for you to get to, to have words discussed or described and share your feelings and just kind of make it through to yeah. another day. We'll do what we can. Exactly. Yeah.